Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the latest Royal Roundup from Talk TV. So pop the kettle on. This is the Royalty. I'm Sarah Hewson. On today's show, less than a week after that endgame leak, how the most senior royals sparkled at the diplomatic reception at Buckingham Palace. And the crown may be ending for good, but could there be a spin-off? Joining me to discuss all of that and more are The Sun's royal editor Matt Wilkinson and The Evening Standard's royal editor Robert Jobson. Hello to both of you. Now, the king and queen led the royal family in welcoming ambassadors, high commissioners and other diplomats at a glittering reception at Buckingham Palace on Tuesday night. The annual white tie event sees more than 500 members of the diplomatic corps hosted in the palace's state rooms. It was the first time senior members of the monarchy had been seen together since the publication of Omid Scobie's book Endgame, which sparked a renewed race route last week and is yet to be publicly commented on by the palace. Um, Matt, we had this photograph of the King, Queen Camilla, the Prince and Princess of Wales in all of their finery uh, released after the diplomatic reception on Tuesday night. Um, How powerful was the timing of this reception? Well, the reception was always in the calendar, Mm. so it was always going to happen. But the, the powerful element, as you say, was the picture. Um, so throughout the day, we were kind of given the nod that this would happen, um, this kind of display of the, the, the four showing off their, their, their unity. I think in, in, in days in the past, we may have got a picture of all four of them. We might have thought this is a lovely picture, moved on, maybe put it on page 25. But you pick up the papers the next day, mm. it was all four of them looking absolutely resplendent. You know, Kate in her tiara, the, the Queen looking absolutely spectacular as well. And it, it just had more... Um, yeah, it just had more power to see the kind of four of them, four of them together. And everyone treated it as such. You know, we all saw that as this is a, a deliberate display of we are together, the four of us, we're moving on, we're not listening to, we're not interacting with the, with the debate about, about the SCOBY book. But it's a very powerful image, um, yeah, that I think what people remember as like almost like a defining image of, of the row from, from that week. It reminded me, uh, Rob, of the photograph we had uh, from the reception just before the Queen's funeral, where we saw the four of them uh, standing together in the staterooms again at Buckingham Palace. And that was also sending a message. This is the future of the monarchy. This is what we do. Um, What kind of messaging was this designed to send, given the timing and what else has been going on? Well, years ago, I think it was George the Sixth who used to say that he'd describe the royal family as we four, you know, the Queen and the two princesses. 
This, these are the, the four powerhouse, you know, these four people are the powerhouse for the monarchy going forward in this 21st century. You know, we've lost Duke of York, we lost the, uh, we've lost the Duke and Duchess of Juan de Cito. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's, that's the way it is. So these are the main players of, a, of this royal game. You know, I'm, you know I, I think that with this publicity around Omid's book, he's probably been over the top. You know, he's talking about the end game, but these these four people are here to play the royal game for the 21st century, and I think that that is the message that they're sending out. They're not being derailed by um, Scobie and some of his rather fantastical claims, and uh, they're just getting on with the job, which is what Prince Philip used to always say, just get on with it. And they have had to just get on with it, haven't they, Matt? And in doing so, we've had no public comment from Buckingham Palace or Kensington Palace. But behind the scenes, what's the mood been like? Um, I wouldn't underestimate the kind of impact that it has actually had on, on the, members of the members of the family. I think behind the scenes... It's the same. It's keep calm, carry on, isn't it? It's like we're just, we've got all these engagements this week, you know, like, like, like the diplomatic, um, the diplomatic uh, reception and stuff like that. But I think personally, what the kind of toll that it's had on on Charles and Kate themselves, mm -hmm. they say they haven't commented. They they they've gone absolutely nowhere near it. Um, but they, they just do what they do best, and it's put their head down and, and go to work. And they've they've had a lot of jobs on this week, but. We were out in Dubai. I mean, the, the, the king had a, a full list of engagements out there that were kind of almost torpedoed by this Endgame uh, book and his name coming out in the media while he was he was taking part in important uh, important events that important to him, like the, the cop speech, etc. But I just worry. Yes, the royal family want to move on and show what they're doing best and not engaging by uh, in, in the names that have come out in this book. But I do wonder. Charles is in his 70s, Kate is incredibly hard-working, reputationally, how they actually feel about their names coming out and behind the scenes, whether, whether it takes a little bit of, a, of a, an unseen toll on them. Yeah, and we saw the Princess of Wales, uh, Rob, out opening the Evelina London Children's Hospital yeah. Unit uh, this week and putting a big smile on her face. But what kind of toll will this have taken on her? Because up until now... She has been celebrated for never having put a foot wrong yeah. and not really putting her head above the parapets. Well, she hasn't really put a foot wrong now. We're just relying on Scobie's piffle. Um, and the reality is she's not a racist, and nor's the king. So why would it affect you? They know they're not racist. They know they, they do the, a good job. Uh, they know when they're dealing with people that the people accept them, whether they are black, white, Asian, whatever. They don't... It, there is no... The um, substance to these claims, so it shouldn't really impact upon their, upon them as people, and I don't think it does. I think that you look at the way that Kate operates; she knows that she's done nothing wrong, and so does the king. I mean, the king to be even labelled a racist is absurd. I mean, he's—we were both in Dubai. His speech was slightly more important than the, the, the nonsense that was coming out. He was making major inroads in bilateral meetings. In, with regard to what was going on in Gaza. And it was a really powerful speech that and he made speech on that was stage. Absolutely, as you said, it was very powerful. It was well delivered. People who listened to it and listened to the man for what he is saying rather than the, the soap opera around his family will realise that he's having a great impact on the world. And that, you know, when you're talking about the importance of um, indigenous um, communities around the world, when how on earth does that square up to Scobie's claims? 
or Mr Scobie's claim is that he's a racist. Nonsense. Just utter nonsense. I think the, the problem they have to talk about you know, what they do behind the scenes is they don't really know what they are answering. Uh, they don't actually... Get, because the story's changed four or five times, remember, from two different conversations yeah. on, on when they spoke about Oprah, then it went to, you know, it was one person, then there was a letter, now suddenly yeah. there's two people. We haven't seen the letters. Um, no, well, this don't is an know important the point to make, the actually, because it's true. And, and what is said in Endgame is in itself not a direct accusation, yeah. is it? It is <laughs> claiming that Meghan's letters yeah. named the king and the Princess of Wales. Yeah. And this might change. For all we know, they could come out with some kind of response to this and then it might Do you think come the out and say, well, actually, no, these, these aren't in the letters or it's somebody else. Or... I think they should. I think if they're not behind this, they should say they're not behind it. Mm. And by not saying that, you know, we're not actually coming out and condemning Scobie, they're effectively backing him. So, look, they can't have it the best of both worlds. They've got, you know, they, they you know, we had the, the Oprah farce where you know where she made the comments saying wow and all this sort of stuff going on the fact is you can't have it both ways and the moment particularly harry is sitting on the fence and you've got to make a decision are you agreeing with what he's saying or not if you disagree with it then say so on the record i, I don't know about you matt but it feels very different now to when that mm, claim yeah. was first made in oprah and, and yeah. you know there was a real fallout uh, from that. Yeah. Now where we are uh, and these claims being made, it, it certainly doesn't feel like that. Mm. And I wonder if, you know, we know that there were discussions going on between the two royal households this week as to whether they should respond and if so, how potentially. But if, should, would, do you think they will feel buoyed by the reception they've got when they've been out and about this week and the general public mood around this? Yeah, because I think the general public mood is that, they, that they're kind of tired of these accusations and they don't really give them any credibility. Many people don't believe them because the story's changed so many times. Yeah. And the Sussexes and, and Scobie, they're often their, their stories fall down. Media even his excuse about how the names got into this Dutch book, it doesn't really stand up. So I think <laughs> the, the royal family are buoyed by the support they've got. I mean, we've been out on jobs this week and, mm. you know, it hasn't been mentioned by members of the public. They've kind of got maybe slightly bored of, bored of the row. Um, but also the general public, I can't speak on behalf of everybody, but I think generally the public think, well, what now? What do we believe? You know, we, we don't see the King and, and Kate like this. Do we really believe what, what Sussex is in the scope? Well, America, writing? I think they probably will. Mm. I think the books, um, Omid's book will sell well in America. But I, I think that over here there's a bit more... Examination into what what we're dealing with here, and we have a different attitude. I think it's not so so clear cut, and I think that most people realise when you see um, Kate interacting with uh, different communities, you just know that this is not a woman that has a racist bone in her body. And the king, you know, is probably the least racist person you'll ever meet. He is he's done so much for the Asian community. He's done so much for other communities around the world and the Commonwealth, it just seems frankly abhorrent that he's having this accusation flung at him. We're going to have another big show of family unity as well, aren't mm. we, at the end of this week mm. with uh, Kate's Together at Christmas, her carol concert at no. Westminster Abbey. And, of course, that is a bit deja vu from last year, isn't it? Because the Netflix documentary had come out this time last year oh. and then we saw the royals all out in force to support Kate on that occasion. 
Yeah, and it's actually a really nice event. I think it's becoming an, an annual. Mm. Uh, it's going to be in the calendar for, for many, many years. And look, she's been spending a lot of time on this. She's been in there for rehearsals and concentrating on this. And it, it's not just it's not just a television spectacular. It's, it's, What's she going to do this year? They've got a trapeze artist. <laughs> well, she's played the piano, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah. But it's not just that. It's, it's about, uh, you know, she gets in... Um, it's about charities as well. So she brings in some representatives of the charities. And when you... When you see the contrast between Kate hosting such a great thing that we're going to watch on Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve yes. uh, with lots of charities and lots of celebrities, when you contrast the, 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 the moaning and, and everything that there. comes from... The King and Queen are not going to be, be there, no. no. So it's really focusing on... On the charities. This is her and William, I suppose. Yeah. Um, in terms of the implication... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details of what has taken place over the, the past uh, week. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have reportedly been excluded from the upcoming wedding of the Duke of Westminster, a lifelong friend of Prince Harry and Archie's godfather, as the fallout from the publication of Endgame rumbles on. Hugh Grosvenor has invited the King and Queen and the Prince and Princess of Wales to his nuptials next summer with Olivia Henson, set to be the society wedding of the year. But it's understood he didn't invite Harry in order to avoid a family clash at the wedding and risk anything overshadowing the day. Um, Rob... Uh, were Harry and Meghan not invited or has been suggested? They they were invited, but they've turned it down so well, as not to cause money, a problem. It's a choice. Don't you? I mean, really, the PR from Harry and Meghan will say they were invited, they've turned it down, and we, you know, we have to take them at their word, I suppose. I don't know why, but we do. Um, who would want them at the wedding? I mean, you know, if you've got the King and Queen and Harry and Meghan, who would want... And William and Kate, who would want... That to be the scene, your wedding day, to be the scene of all this media kerfuffle. And uh, family drama. You know, you just don't need it. The focus on that day should not be even the royal family. It should be Olivia Henson, bride. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult, isn't it, when you're very good friends with the royal family and they're there at your wedding to make the day all about you. Um, yeah. But, but uh, Hugh Grosvenor, very good friends with William and Harry. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the situation that Harry's found himself in. I mean, he's, he, he, I think he's very lonely. I mean, when you've got long-standing family friends not invited to your wedding, I mean, this is the bed that, that Harry and Sussex, Harry and Meghan have made. Quite frankly, I don't care if they're invited. Just to make this clear, I don't care if they're invited to this wedding. I don't think this is massively going. important. Not I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, uh, the, I think the rules would all have to sit on one table. That's what I was led to believe. Right. So you would end up into the situation where Harry would Cake have to sit... flung. They would have to sit on the same table. Apparently, royals have to sit at the same table at a wedding, so I'm told. But it's someone's wedding, someone's big day. I don't care if it's Harry It's not about not. the royals. Well, yeah. they'd be on the top table, surely, the king, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, I mean... one of the little satellite I've tables. never been to a wedding like this, this, this well, big wedding. society wedding. Um, this is bigger than I could possibly imagine, but I don't care if Harry goes or not. Well, you'd love it. It'd be great. It's copy. Yeah, yeah, we could get in and sneak in. Mm. Um, in terms of the royal family out and about uh, this week, the Prince of Wales stunned shoppers as he pitched up to sell the latest copy of The Big Issue on Tuesday morning. Prince William was reunited with Big Issue seller Dave Martin at his pitch in London. Uh, they first met last summer ahead of William's 40th birthday when he went undercover as a Big Issue seller. And uh, they've kept in contact and they exchanged Christmas cards. Matt. Yeah, this was a last-minute thing by William. And I talk about the contrast between um, London and Montecito. The moment that Harry's court case was being held uh, in the High Court, where he's again moaning about his, um, about his security, William had uh, he'd volunteered that morning. He'd got in contact with Dave and he wanted to swap Christmas cards. He wanted to give him a Christmas card. And they said, well, why don't you come down and help me with a big issue? And there was no press invited. The only reason I found out was because someone had taken some pictures and put them on Instagram. Um... Yeah, I mean, they, they do keep in touch. They, you know, Dave's a good good guy. Will um, wrote him a Christmas card and they went down and swapped Christmas cards. I mean, it's a nice thing to do this time of year. Yeah, and of course, homelessness, a very big issue at this time of year and a big issue for Prince William. And a massive issue for William, yeah, who's, who's done a great job, I think, in following from his mother's work um, to con- continue to highlight what is still one of the worst problems on the streets at Christmas when you see people on the streets that... Um, you know, you really do... People do need help, and I think he's doing a great job in, in that respect. He walks the walk, doesn't he? I think we're hoping. He delivers. Or yeah. He doesn't... You know, look, at the end of the day, people can sit there and say, oh, you've got several palaces mm. and whatever. But at the end of the day, he, he's using his, his celebrity, he's using his position to do good and to help people on the streets. And this is a young lad who, when, when he was a young lad, he was eight or nine, his mum took him into some pretty dark places, and he witnessed... Um, you know, guys on the women, men and women on, on the streets, and you know it's obviously stuck with him, and he's doing his best he can. So I always sort of get slightly irritated yeah. by people who say, oh, "Well, he's all right. He's got three homes." Well, yeah, well a lot of people have got homes. You know, I've got a home. You've got a home. It doesn't mean, but he does an awful lot of good for those people, and I think long way it continues. If people see William out there, or see the pictures and in the, in, the, in the paper and online and stuff of him out sending a big issue, big issue, and they think, "Well, I might go and buy a big yes. issue or give something to a homeless person this time of year," yes. then he's done his job. Yeah, and that's the point, isn't it? It's raising awareness. He's got his yeah. Homewards uh, campaign, which is aiming to eradicate homelessness but altogether, trying, and I it's mean, focusing on these key areas in the country. It probably isn't going to happen. To eradicate homeless, homelessness it's is a big, big ambition. Issue. But, you know, unless you start somewhere, it's not yeah. going to happen. Queen Camilla brought Christmas cheer to sick children after inviting them to help her decorate her tree at her annual festive party. Uh, Matt, this is one of the highlights of the royal calendar, really, isn't it? A beautiful engagement. Uh, You were there. Tell us what it was like. 
It's one of Camilla's highlights. Mm. Uh, Queen Camilla, she actually said when she was when she gave a little address, she spoke to the, the children there. But it, it, the pictures and the footage don't really do this justice. Um, there's ten children that have been nominated to go and meet the Queen from from two children's charities, and they're seriously ill. Some of them are terminally ill, and it's about creating memories for the kids mm. and their parents. Uh, and it was really lovely. We had um, we had a, a we had the Rifles Band singing carols. Uh, uh, the Queen went round and met all the children. They uh, gave each other presents. She then, uh, the equerry, Oliver Plunkett, had a sword and we, uh, the children placed Christmas decorations. He put them onto the tree. Some of the kids were getting quite close to this sword at some stage, by the way. Camilla did say, be careful of the sword. And then, then the Queen served up um, sausage and mash for the children. But, and then there was some reindeer outside the kids got to Aww. feed. But yeah, she gave a little speech. She said, like, I've been doing this for 18 years. Yeah. This Christmas starts now. When we have this, where we have this day, but it's quite sad that it is quite small. It's only, it says only ten children, and I feel every lucky to or unlucky enough to, to kind of to be in there. It's such a warm moment, and the, the Queen genuinely likes and enjoys this this annual uh, event. And she she told them all this. When this happens, this is when Christmas starts at mm. Clarence House. But you spoke to the parents, and they were like, "It's so great for us and the kids. There's so many happy memories," and they were thanking Camilla for inviting them. It's a lovely moment, it really is. Really lovely. Even you, Grinch, over there, Grinch. Rob, oh, I love cannot, <laughs> cannot the fail the bar, to be moved by this one. Oh, no, I think that the Queen is terrific when she interacts with these, these kids and their families. She doesn't get, I think, the, the credit she deserves. I mean, she's a very warm lady. She's somebody who I think um, has really enhanced, um, certainly enhanced the royal family and enhanced and supported the King brilliantly. But these events on her own, when she's just dealing with kids and uh, interacting the way that she does, I think she's fantastic and, uh, yeah, good on her, really. And, yeah, I, I think it's Christmas starts at that moment. Obviously, Matt's all Christmas stuff now, but after that moment, aren't we? It's begun Christmas for me, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's a good day. The Crown's final instalment is set for release next week, but it's been reported that Netflix producers are considering a spin-off project. A producer for The Crown has hinted that the Netflix series could be set for a parallel project featuring fairly tawdry events of other royals. Um, so <laughs> what are we talking about then? I mean, we're talking about kind of... Sarah Ferguson and the toe-sucking scandal, oh, or where are we going to go with well, this that the Crown that. hasn't? You could do those sort of things. I mean, you know, there were lots of things going on in that, in that time. I was long enough in the tooth to remember it all, and it was just pretty mad. I mean, the, the toe-sucking one was pretty pretty good, and then we've got the whole Johnny Bryan thing, and I'm not sure people would be that interested in that, will they? I mean, I think that this series probably should... I know there's money to be made, and... But I do think this should be the end of it, really, to be honest. I mean, I mean Peter Morgan said, series six and out, yeah, that's I don't it, know. isn't it? Maybe but, Peter but, it's making, but you're right, it's the money, isn't money, it? Because these are very, very lucrative And, and figures, they, people, you know, watch the shows. And, and you know, the Diana uh, actress has been brilliant, I think, Elizabeth has been brilliant at the way she's performed it. And although I was there, a lot of people that were there at the time think, oh, it's outrageous, it's not as it was. Well, how can it be? It's a TV show. It's not going to be the same as what it was like when it was there. But, um, no, I've, quite, I've actually, when I've watched it, I've quite enjoyed it, really. Have you? Matt, we've got the final six mm. parts coming out next Thursday, which will take us through 
Charles and Camilla's wedding. I think it takes us to Charles and Camilla's wedding, I think. Oh, um, that's the finale, is it? So, that's yeah. the moment. We get the beginning, the early stages of Kate and William's yep. romance. Yeah. Charles and who's William? Camilla's wedding. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Kate's just. Does it have me breaking the. It, it, apparently Story. it does. Yeah, you've got your whole episode there. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Who would play you? I don't know, Les Dawson. From <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt, I'll let you so, go on. <laughs> so, yes, uh, we It does have, have that me breaking the story on Charles DeMarie Camilla in the piece. Well, I'm under embargo. I can't actually oh, okay. reveal that, whether it happened or not, Robert. Okay. But, um, so, yeah, it takes <laughs> us up to the wedding. And... Um, oh, to give away too much, but obviously, yeah, it's got William and William and Catherine's yep. romance, etc. But it, at the end, it, 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 there's a little nod towards the, the death of the Queen, and it kind of ends on a kind of almost almost humorous, almost happy, um, happy ending, basically. And it does feel like the ending of all six uh, six series. I mean, if they were to do spin-offs, I would like uh, maybe some prequels or maybe some historical yeah. ones because mm. I thought the, the best two the best were the early series the I first agree with two you. series rather than getting into the tawdry kind of scandalous nature of the royal family that is is very close to, to this era I think it'd be much nicer to go back to things that we are less aware of from back in the 30s, 40s they were great actors weren't they in, the, in the, the early part of the crown I thought mm-hmm. Claire Foy she was fantastic and I, I thought that the I must admit I thought the scripts were better as mm-hmm. well Maybe because it's more distant for us as well that we're able to appreciate it uh, more. And that is all we've got time for this week. My thanks to Matt and Robert. If you're still looking for something else to get your royal fix, look no further than our YouTube channel, where you'll find a brand new documentary series, Royally Obsessed. In episode one, a fear meets two very different types of royal fans. If you want to join in with the debate on this show, please leave a comment and make sure you subscribe if you don't want to miss a single episode. We've got lots coming up for you, some Christmas specials, a review of the royal year. Hope you can join us for all of that. We'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.